Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records, Punk Goes Ellipses series, to answer the age-old question. Hell yeah, yeah, nah. Um, uh, is that our celebration for doing four weeks in a row? Yes. Cool. How many more times are we going to do Jason Derulo? I don't know, but I suspect we're going to do Mayday Parade a lot more. At least I mean, three like, more times. I mean, just declaring, Jason Derulo. Well, yeah, you gotta, when you're doing a Jason Derulo song, you gotta announce yourself accordingly. So this week's song is Around the World by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> this week's song, In My Head by Jason Derulo, as covered by Mayday Parade for Punk Goes Pop 3. I've started doing this thing at the moment where I listen to lengthy podcasts and get, like, if I can't finish it in one sitting, then I'm just not going to finish it. Oh, I get that. So I think yeah, I get that. that. It's kind of rejuvenated my um desire to make these episodes relatively short and mm. sharp. So. Well, I mean, there's no extra covers this week. So I don't know if we did extra covers last week. Mm, I think we did one, didn't we? I can't remember. Uh, I can't even remember yeah. what we talked about. What was last week? Yeah, it's funny. Um, like, it might be trimming things down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I do, like, I guess the only podcast I was listening to on a semi-regular basis was the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. Are you still listening to it? No, I've dropped off of that. Oh, no. And just got bored with it? Yeah, or? just got a bit bored with it. Um, yeah. Like, it's, it's, if you're a big Sunny fan, it's a must listen. Yeah. We're pretty, we're, we're decent fans of Sonny. Um, but I feel like you'd have to be like a super fan to be able to listen to all of it and catch up to where they're at now. But like, apparently there, there's also like a subsect of fans of just the podcast. Oh. Or no, not just the podcast, but like. Particularly yeah. the podcast. Like, yeah, there's like merch for the podcast now <laughs> and, and everything else, um. And so I was doing that. Like I would listen, to, I would listen to it while I was cooking dinner. And basically, once dinner was done, I would turn it off and not go back to it. Yeah. So that was that was that. Yeah. Um, I went to a bottle shop today to get 
my father, your father-in-law, a bottle of gin for his birthday. Yeah, you did. And yeah, and I uh, got got a gift bag to put the bottle of gin in. And the girl at the counter is like, looks at it and she's like, did you get that from here? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, are you sure? And I go, yeah, it was in the corner over there. And she's like, oh, I didn't know we sold these. <laughs> so... Good for her. Good for her. I mean, it was a big, it was a big bottle shop. So it was a Dan Murphy's, which is probably our biggest chain of bottle shops True. here in Australia. And like size wise, they are physically imposing. Yes. Yes. But anyway, moving on to Jason Derulo. It's gonna, I'm not going to wear that out. Not not at all. You need to get the intonation right. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. You're going too quick on the Rulo. Jason Derulo. That's better. Rulo. Better, but not, but not quite right yet. It's adequate. <laughs> Look, we've got time. I'll get this. So, he was born Jason Joel Derulo in 1989, and that's spelt D E S R O U. L-E-A-U-X. It makes me so sad that he simplified his name, which is the exact next sentence, but still. Yeah, so he's from Miramar, Florida, and the name that we see, Derulo, D-E-R-U-L-O, is a pronunciation respelling of his last name. Look, he was born in America. He was... He had that name. I'm sure... Like, as someone who has... I mean, my last name isn't that hard to sort of go through, but like, but I've, (laughs) I understand I've had enough people go, how do you say that? What is, what is this? Pointing at my last name going, what is that? Mm. Pronounce that for me, please. And I could understand him being like, you know what? I'm going to simplify it. It's just so fancy though. I love it. It's great. The the Derulo. Derulo is, is terrific. Like it would be. Kind of great. Like, I know he does, he, he's not in line for a career resurgence because he had that song during COVID that was popular for a couple of weeks. The... Oh, yeah. Savage Love. I yes. Think. Like, I'm sure he's doing fine, but like... Savage if... Love or Selfish? Savage. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I just know the... Um, <laughs> if he was in line for like a redo, like... Take back that name. Take back the Derulo. Yeah. Like, it's dope. But he anyway. should have used that as his name when he starred in Cats. <laughs> I didn't realise. Jason Derulo. I didn't realise he was in Cats. He is um, the Rum Tum Tugger. And he's great. There's just this one scene where he just sort of, like, splays his arms out and just goes, Milk! <laughs> M-I-L-K. <laughs> Speaking of, like rappers or hip-hop stars or R&B singers in movies. We just watched X the other night and Kid Cudi's in that. And that was an excellent movie. It was good. Yeah. Um, fuck. I, at some point you will get a group of people to watch Cats, but that's just... The fact that it's got James <laughs> Corden in it. And does he have a pretty big role in it, James Corden? He has a big enough role in it. Yeah, okay. That's, that's me out. That's me. That's meow. That's meow. Uh, <laughs> so, Jason Derulo. 
That's better. Got his start singing at an early age, and he attended performing arts at school. He would write songs for artists such as Diddy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, back in our day, he was Puff Daddy. He was. Uh, but now it goes by Diddy and, and then Lil he was Wayne. P. Diddy. And then he was P. Diddy. Um, and Little Wayne. That's not one of his go-bys. Jason Derulo wrote songs for Diddy and Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, but had aspirations to become a solo star himself. He would go on to win the grand prize during the final of the 2006 season of Showtime at the Apollo. Um, I've never heard of that show in my life. It It's a very American... Is it like an idol type thing? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look too much into it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he was discovered by music producer J.R. Totem. Mm-hmm. His main inspiration is Michael Jackson, and you can see that in the film clip for In My Head with the Dancing. Yeah, definitely. So the song, In My Head, was the second single from the debut studio album, Jason Derulo. The U has an umlaut. How would you pronounce that? Derulo. It's really hard because there's a hard consonant before that vowel. (laughs) Derulo. Because the umlaut on a U is supposed to, so like, if it's to make it like, that's the pronunciation of the letter. So like, there's no hemming and hawing. It's like, yeah, like Thursday would be Thursday. Thursday. Um I would love to ask Jason. Hey, Jason. Jason! How do you... <laughs> what's your idea of this pronunciation? I like to think that he just chucked it in there because it looks like a smiley face. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> I like the idea that he's just like, let's just add eyes to that U. <laughs> I'm trying to think, because, like, Motley Crue had... Crue. Had... Uh, uh, yeah, had umlaut, so it was Motley Crue, and I think Motorhead did as well, but on like yeah, <laughs> no, but like on the T or something. Like it was, it was pretty. Moid all your head. It was pretty weird. Uh, you continue on. I'm gonna look this up. Well, now I'm invested, so well, well, I just, suppose yeah. I'll yeah, just read some facts uh- <laughs> about the song. So- <laughs> You've got me too excited Mo- about what. Oh uh, no, Motorhead has it over the O. Yeah. So, mo- is it over both? Or? No, just the second O. So, motor, motor, motor head, motor, head. So it's not motor head; it's mot, motor. This Come reminds on, me of going to that Swedish bakery. I say down the street, but like pretty far down the street, and we just could got- walk there, but it would take an hour. Yeah. Um. And discovering that bread is basically just broad. Broad. <laughs> Which I find absolutely delightful. Um, It's the same sort of energy as, like, that brother, may I have some loops? (laughs) Loops. Brother, may I have some loops? Um, Yeah, no, Motley Crue is uh, the O and the U. So, I don't know where I thought I saw it over a T. Um, uh, We should do do umlauts over the U and the O for Punk Ghost. We've definitely had this conversation on this exact podcast Punk Ghost Pode. Punk Ghost. Punk. Go. Gyoz. Gyoz. No, no, Goes would would still be the same. Gyoz. Gyoz. Pod. 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 (laughs) Pod. And then... And then, like we we add the accents on there as well, like the, <laughs> which I don't know how that works. Lemonade, 
Pyeongpyeong. Ja. To anyone, to anyone who speaks a language that uses umlauts, I dearly apologise. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you knew what you were signing up for when you decided to start listening to two idiots on the podcast. Just, just you're so fucking anti-umlaut. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, how good are they? How good's the word itself, umlaut? Umlaut. umlaut. It's like... It's, it's, it's umami for the name. If I ever had a son, I would name him Umlaut. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's not even a stupid name. No. Umlaut, like, you're late for school. There are, school. there are worse names out there, like Eric. True. Sorry to all the Erics. I was, <laughs> gonna, I was, I say that because I was going to be one, so. True. I was going to be Mac Mackay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, I like, like it. It's good. Yeah. Let's, where, where were we? Uh, the song, so in my head, was written by Derulo. Excuse me. Derulo. Thank you. Um, J.R. Rodham and Claude Kelly, who co-wrote Crazy by Britney. Um, I was also looking at J.R.'s producer credits. This shows how much I've, like, there's certain things that, like, I've enjoyed coming back to doing, like, run sheets for, but, like, having to find, like, oh, this this song was co-written by these five people and having to go through each five person people to decide to figure out what they've done and being like, Oh, well I get to give them three credits. No, they get one now. See, but that like, I find that interesting because once you know who's produced or co-written a song, you start to hear their fingerprints on everything else that they've done. And it's clever. Yeah, that's true. But I don't want to have to write. So then three, three titles, three artists. So then next Times time five. go, hey, honey, can you look up this person and pick out some interesting songs? Because I'll gladly do that. Hey, ma. <laughs> I want some cookies. I want some cookies. So, J.R. Rodham. I wonder if that's like a made-up name, like Rodham. I Rodham. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> You know wrote that em. song? I, those songs I wrote them. Wrote them. Hardly knew them. <laughs> wrote her. Hardly knew her. Um, so he also has credits on "Beautiful Girls" by Sean Kingston, which that kind of tracks for the same sort of era. Um, I have no memory who Sean Kingston is. That's the song that was literally like. There's a tweet that goes around about it. Like people just repeat repeat it every now and then, where it's like, um. Girl exists. Sean Kingston, I will kill myself. Because it's that song. It's like that, damn all these beautiful girls. They only want to do you dirt. They'll have you suicidal. Suicidal when you say it's over. I don't know that. Really? It was huge. I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, but you worked at a bottle shop that listened. No, I worked at a bottle shop that had preset music. And the preset music was from the 70s. So, no, you don't use that. And then when it was Christmas time, it was Christmas music. Although every now and again, like, Sober by Childish Gambino would just randomly play. It was really weird. Yeah, that icon from the 70s. Funny, funny. No, like, it wasn't just music from the 70s, but, like... So then don't say that! Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, you don't understand hypotheticals. That, what? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Exaggerations. There we go. 
So other credits to Rotom are things such as Centuries by Fallout Boy, uh, Don't Threaten Me with a Good Time by Panic at the Disco, which rules. Uh, he also worked on the previous single for this same album by Jason Derulo. He worked on What You Say, which if fans of the OC will be familiar with the sample of that because it's Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap, mm-hmm. which is used when Marissa shoots Trey. It, that was a huge moment such in pop a, culture. Such a classic. It was. Yeah. Um, he's also worked with the likes of Linkin Park, Bad Bunny, Luda... Bahad Bunny. Um, no, it's just spelled Bad Bunny. I thought he had a H in there. Mm. Or maybe I'm thinking of Bad Baby. That's what I'm thinking. Bahad Bahaby. Bahad Bahaby. Um, yeah. He's made quite a good little career for himself. Rodem. Uh In My Head was purposefully chosen as the second single... To show the different side to the album. The song is electro-influenced with more of a rock feel, as opposed to the first single, Watch You Say, adopting more of an R&B vibe. Which, if you see electro-influenced with more of a rock feel, and you know that Rotom also worked on things such as Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time and Centuries, it makes sense. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for that. The song reached number one on the ARIA charts in Canada, Poland, Scotland, the UK, and the US. Cool. What do you think of the song, though? I remember really liking it when it came out, and I still really like it. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an earworm. For sure it's an earworm. Yeah. Um, I desperately want to talk about the line, though, I'll be the teacher and you can be the student. Yeah. For me, it's the... Actually, no, I think... No, I'll be the teacher and I'll show you the ropes. Yeah. It's it's not, <laughs> I, not great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's saying, you know, I'll actually be your school teacher. I'll wear sweaters. Um, I'll have leather patches on my jackets and smoke a pipe and you can be the, the student who forgot to bring her homework or whatever. But, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of hear that line go, oh, that's an interesting choice. I think for me, the one that I also find concerning is get down to business and skip foreplay, because that's just a bad idea in general. I mean, DJ Khaled would agree with that. <laughs> True. As would CeeLo Green. Oh, yeah. Who was who we talked about last week. That's I right. remember now. That's right. Um, yeah. I don't know why it made me think of... I don't know if my brother was telling the truth or not. Oh, no. But he told me once that my my high school coordinator... Oh, no. Um, Where is like, this going? It's not, it's not as bad as, you, as you're thinking, but, like, my high school coordinator, who was, who was one of aunt, my brother's teachers, and... <laughs> Your brother is an aunt. Yes. Uh, he was one of my brother's teachers, and, like, he actually he actually got along quite well with my brother because my brother was like the guy who was in old sports. Yeah. Um, but Your yeah. brother was a jock. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> my brother told me that my Let's high school... Let's unpack that. Yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm being an idiot. Please I, I won a basketball grand final before he ever did, so... 
Let's unpack that for a second, okay? <laughs> he This tuna mornay's got me fucked up, man. He walks in too much cheese. Yeah. He walks in with a second place medal because that's as high as he got and hangs it over my uh, you know, Sugar Ray had a halo hanging from the corner of his girlfriend's four post bed. My brother hangs a second place medal on the corner of my bed and says, this is the closest you'll get to ever being a champion. My basketball team wins the fucking grand final and I come in and put the trophy down on his bed and go, this is the closest you'll ever be to getting to being a champion. And that was, that was the coolest, that was the best and like the fucking, the most me being the man I had ever been and will ever be around my brother. He is forever, he is forever the man. I love, I love my brother. He is. Shout out to brother of the pod, Ant. He is, he is the best dude. <laughs> it's just like, this is the closest you'll ever get. And then I think eventually one of his, one of his teams won a grand final, but yeah, just walking in being like, <laughs> anyway. Back to where I was going. He tells me that my high school coordinator married one of his ex-students. Jesus. But, like, like they, yeah, he taught her, and then years later... How many years, though? I don't know. She was probably in her 20s or something. Mm. Like, like it wouldn't... I, I don't think it was so suspicious enough that it was, like, you know, you know, the next year they was they started dating. I think it was, like... But again, I don't even know if this is true. This is true. He told me stuff sometimes, you know, when he was when he was younger. Again, love him. He's my brother. In between just absolutely obliterating the competition in every sport that he played, he would come home and tell you these anecdotes. Well, get, getting second in every sport that he played. <laughs> <laughs> again, love him. He's my brother. I, you know, couldn't ask for a better person in my life. Um. But yeah, again, I don't know. So it just makes me think of that. I don't know why it, ma- it brought that yeah that picture in my mind. And it also there's a there's a skit in Little Britain where it's the same thing, where oh. a teacher marries one of his ex students, and it's just like the milkman goes past and like pelts milk at their their house because people are outraged by it. And she gives him an anniversary card, and he he reads it, but then he starts correcting it like <laughs> it's homework. Yikes. Um. <laughs> So, all I'm saying is, unless it's like, I don't know, role play, don't assume that the girl is going to be into you calling yourself the teacher. Yeah. It also assumes a lot. It assumes that you're, you're very learned. True. Well, that's mansplaining, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, but no, this is definitely, this has 2010 stank all over it. It's very good, though. It's very good. It is It is a good song. And I think, like, listening to it again within the context of this exercise, it's been interesting realising just how, like, what's the word? Like, the instruments actually, they sound authentic. Like, it's not just sort of drum machines, even though it probably yeah. is, but, like... It's not overproduced. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Because I was sort of like, this actually does have legs to become a punk go single. Like, I understand yeah. why Mayday Parade would have picked this, because it's already got that drum beat, and it's got the guitar influences and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, um... 
it's just a really solid fucking song. Like yeah. it's, it's, you know, it does what it says. It has those electronic influences and those rock influences and it, um, yeah. And the film clip, I can see where he uh, has the Michael Jackson influence because of his dancing and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, where, and, and like in the film clip where you pointed out that he was just dreaming in the end. It's just that classic high, well, not even high school, but just school essay thing. And then I woke up. And then like, I woke up. He had been imagining this whole narrative with this woman. And then in reality, the woman's like, have we met? And then that's the end. I, cause like a, a lot of the message in the song though is, hey, ditch the zero and get with the hero. Yeah. It's like, he's literally talking about like, leave him and come with me, even though we've just met. And, and then like when it actually is, sorry to say it, when it actually all ends up being just in his head. Yeah. It makes it a bit more, it makes it a bit more tolerable to me, like palatable because it's, because it's fantasy. It's. Well, that's the thing. Like he's got that much swagger because. It's not going to go wrong because it's in his head. Yeah, because we're always, we're always as confident as my brother coming in with a second place medal into his little brother's bedroom <laughs> in our in our imagination. We always have that confidence. <laughs> um, I mean, not always. Sometimes, sometimes people deal with you know crippling lack of confidence mm-hmm. and imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I laugh because that's that's me. Um, I. I, yeah, it just sort of, it does, it does put the person, the woman up on a pedestal. Yeah. Which isn't great, but yeah, like it's. I think it falls into the category of harmless. Yes. It's, like fantasy though. It's not, it's not, I, well, it kind of is, I, I don't know. It's. To me, it's playful without being, like, it isn't leaning into like dangerous or offensive territory. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not saying, like, I will have you, and if if you refuse me, things will get dark. Um, it's not, like, as I said, like, it puts her on a pedestal, but he's fantasizing about a girl. And, and he's very upfront about that. Yeah, and that's what, that's, that's... The whole premise of the song. Is about, is about fantasy. Yeah. Um, and... You know, sometimes we we don't control what we fantasize about. Like, well, this just got deep. How many? How much time have you got? Let's, <laughs> let's delve into this. That 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 bench that you're sitting on kind of looks like a therapist's couch. No, I'm good to just press on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just a good fucking song. I yeah, it's kind of strikes me just how long ago 2010 was though which is depressing yeah like the video looks very old yeah and i was just like oh shit like i was like oh it almost looks dated for 2010 but then i had to remember like 2010 was 12 years ago 12 years ago i mean production was pretty good by then we were only like a couple of years out from the first avengers movie I'm not saying Jason Derulo had, you know, the budget for Dis- <laughs> uh, like the Disney budget, but I'm just saying that like it was a simpler time. I feel like Avengers just kind of ruined everything for everything uh, all the time. Yeah, I'm. 
We've had this conversation on Mike as well, I'm pretty sure. I'm just, yeah, I was just going to say I'm, I'm done with superhero garbage. Also... Except uh, I say that and I literally just watched the last season of The Boys. <laughs> but that's anti-superhero but garbage. But turning the trope on its head. Um, what was I going to say? I think the only other thought I have in my head at the moment... Haha, um... Uh-huh. The confidence of the opening lines, like, everybody's looking for love, ain't that the reason you're in this club? (laughs) It's just like, in hindsight, yeah. Like, that is the reason you go clubbing, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, as someone who's never gone clubbing, I, I can't really talk about that, but... I mean, like, I... I probably went clubbing exclusively from, like, ages 18 to 20... Yeah. Maybe. And, like, I met you when I was 20. Yeah. So I kind of got off easy, if that makes sense. Like, it really did change the ball game for me when I wasn't worried about what people thought. Like, it was just kind of like, yeah, cool, I can just go out and dance. And we we shoved it in Jason Derulo's face because we didn't meet in a club. No. No. It's, uh, I just... I can't imagine... That some people just want to go out for the vibe of it. So, like, the, hey, I want to have some drinks and I want to dance to some electronic music. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, like, but it is also kind of, like, I yeah. feel like in hindsight, and it was probably just an age thing. So like, I feel like if I were going out now in my 30s, I wouldn't care. But, like, mm. it definitely felt like one of those, like, if a tree falls in the forest kind of things. Like... If you go out clubbing but don't get noticed, did you actually go out clubbing? Mm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm just showing how uncool I am. Also, if there are any American listeners, the reason why Emma was going clubbing at 18 is because <laughs> our legal drinking age is 18. Yep. I mean... That is coincidentally the same year I stopped being straight edge. <laughs> yeah, I think... No, no, I didn't start drinking until I was, like, 20, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember the first time getting, like, drunk, drunk, and I was probably, <laughs> yeah, like, nearly 21, and and it being that realisation of, like, I'm young. Oh, not young. I'm I'm 21. I'm alone. And this isn't fun. Aww. I was, I was at a point in my life where I kind of didn't really have any friends. Aww. And so I just, yeah, working in a bottle shop, I could purchase alcohol, but just, you know, being like, oh, I think I am going to throw up from this. And why, why do people do this? Yeah. Why, why were people in, why, why was this an indicator of, literally this was an indicator of being cool in high school was, oh, I'm going to throw up tonight from how much I'm going to drink. Yeah. Like, that was li- I, the amount of conversations I ever heard where it was like, haha, I threw up last, last weekend because yeah. of how drunk I was. And I don't know, I'm not, it's not me getting on my soapbox because I literally just bought a whole bunch of stuff to make, <laughs> to make alcoholic punch this weekend. Like, but it's just that thing but of like. But that's different when you're 33. Yeah. 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 Cause, <laughs> cause it hits even harder. Yeah, exactly. You have to be more strategic about it. Yeah. Anyway. Shall we talk about Mayday Parade? Yeah.
So, Mayday Parade, I believe, is the band we will talk about the most. And we've already talked about them for... This is our fourth time. Mm. And I've mentioned to you... I think you've said it anyway, like when they were over here. We just need to try and interview them at some point. Yeah. Um, Because they are... They are the 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 alumnus of this podcast, I guess, or like the the most talked about cover band in this podcast. Yeah, they're kind of the face of punk goes at this point. Like, I feel like they have arguably done the most covers. Well, they've done seven. That's a lot. So I imagine, I imagine that's the most. Yeah. I'm going to have to look this up now. Like, I'm going to have to look at our spreadsheet and crunch the numbers just to see. Just to see if anyone who, else has... if anyone comes close. Has seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... I didn't write any facts about Mayday Parade. Go back and listen to our We Are The Champions episode, our Gautier episode. They did another one that we've talked about. I can't remember yeah, what done a few. <laughs> it was. Sorry. Um... I believe we enjoyed that one, though. Um, I think generally I've enjoyed most of them. At times they can be a bit cringy, but also I, the older I get, the less I care about being cringe. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, the only one I didn't enjoy was the We Are The Champions mm. cover. Um, and friend of the pod, Anthony, went and saw them when they were here in Melbourne earlier on in the year. Um, so maybe we get him on for one of their next songs True. that we've got coming up. Um, also, hello, Anthony. <laughs> also, hello, Anthony. <laughs> We're just breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, Anthony. Um, so, yeah. What do you think of this song? I like it. I sort of... I think I had the opposite experience of re-listening to this that I did when I re-listened to the original, where, like... When I listened to Mayday Parade's cover, like, today, in prep for the episode, mm. it just sounds kind of oversaturated, like, overproduced. Oh, yeah. Like, once the chorus hits, I'm just kind of like, Jesus, like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But then in saying that, there's some really excellent moments. Like, all around, I think it's an excellent cover, because yeah. it's just fun. Immediately, they've got me when they do the Mayday yes. Parade. Like, yeah. it's just perfect. And then, like, the, is it, not double time, half time at the end yeah. rules. Yeah. Like, they've done it so expertly, but there's just something about the way it's mixed. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it just, it feels like it's a lot. Given your kind of yuck vibes. Not even yuck, but just, like, yeah, I feel like someone in the mixing booth could have just, like, taken something out of it. Yeah, I And it would have sounded impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it, though. I think it's a really... Oh, and that's the thing. Like, I still yeah. enjoy it. It's, it's obvious that they have fun with it. And I think even... Well, I mean, that was only pop three, so there was still a lot to go. Mm. But, like, they've shown that they continue to have fun with the idea of doing these covers. That's the thing. There's obviously a reason they've come back this many times, because they don't need punk goes outside of who they are as a no, band. No, no. Um, not in a horrible sense, but just usually this is kind of a nice little nudge in yeah. promotion. Um, yeah, it's almost like at this point they'd be doing Fearless a favour. 
Yeah, or it's... I just, I get the impression they have a good working relationship with Jim Fearless. They're not a Fearless band, are they? Uh, I don't think so. Let me have a look. That'll be... Oh, my phone dead. My phone dead. My phone dead. (laughs) M-I-L-F. I'm going to steal your phone. I'm going to look them up on the computer. Um, No, I think this is just... Yeah, as you said, when... I, I don't think it is, but it feels like the... I'll be the teacher, I'll show you the ropes, that part, like, it feels like the snare is almost hitting on, like, an offbeat or something, but there's something about it that that feels off to me, but also I love it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it makes me want to just march. Uh, no, they're, oh, they're on Fearless, apparently. Ah, well, then that explains why they're on here all the time. Um. Interesting. I guess, yeah, hang on, I'm going to look them up on Wikipedia. Well, that's what I'm looking them up on, and How it has 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 labels: Fearless Atlantic, ILG. Well, I don't know. Just look up Fearless, and that'll tell us their current roster. That's true. Um, I feel like they would be okay. So no, it doesn't look like they are. That's what I thought. Uh, I thought they might have been a previous. They're just not showing up. Yeah, former. No, they're not on... I can't see them on Forma. Yeah, they're on the Forma. So they're currently on Rise Records, I think. Ah. Looking looking through Forma bands is interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's a, like they've still got Chunk, no Captain Chunk, which is Grayscale, I think, is... Yep. Uh, Ice Nine Kills is a pretty oh, big sick, yeah. band. We yep. will talk about that I don't that know how, point. but they found me a big... Uh, Pierce the Veil. Plain White Tees is still on Fearless. Movements. I mean... Oh, they're pretty reckless with the sick. girl from Gossip Girl. Jenny Humphrey. Sure. Under uh, Oath. That's cool. Jo- Joe's brother from... Uh, Joe's sister from you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, fuck, they're all right. doing all right. I, I need to uh, stop looking at that because that's deeply uninteresting. Is just us... Looking, <laughs> looking at the fearless records. Let's, let's be real. We are just recording this as a stupid little project for the two of us, plus maybe two other people at this point. So I think we're allowed to just go off on stupid little tangents every now and then. Yeah, like the urge is to just sort of go, "Hey, if anyone's listening, Baba Booey or something." I don't know. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's. It is what it is. I think, you know, it's been a fucking good episode, though. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I don't know. There's also a there's also a gang vocal, which... Yep, yep, always which, good. Which uh, is always good, and um, I feel like they couldn't help themselves. They put in a little bit of piano at the end. I only just noticed that today. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I liked that. Nice little touch. I... Yeah, like, I... It's kind of... I don't know if it works to my benefit or or if it sort of makes me look like an arsehole because I ripped into their cover of We Are The Champions. Ripped into that. I hated that cover. Yeah. And I think by the time we were talking about Gautier, their mm. cover of um, somebody that I used to know, and I was just like, I don't want to fucking talk about this band. And then loved that cover. And... I don't know if it works to my benefit now that I'm like, oh, actually, they're a good band, or if I just look like an asshole. I, 
<laughs> Look, short answer, yes, you do. <laughs> but I think, like, I think it's just a good example of a band where, like, their strike rate is pretty good. Yeah. But also you don't have to love every single yeah, that's... piece of their material to consider a band, capital G, good. I'm, I, you know, I've established myself as the guy who loves his little bit of extreme metal and, you know, will allow himself some pop sensibilities from time to time. But it's it's more just now that, like, when we get to a Mayday Parade song, I'll go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It's a Mayday Parade song. Definitely. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, God. Not not that again. But like, I think what I'm essentially sort of also trying to hit home is that they, like, it doesn't feel like it drastically changes the formula from the original. No, and I think that's because the original, it kind of sets up the formula neatly, which we've already discussed. As well as you brought up mm. very cleverly. Um, but I, I think they still definitely make it its own. Yeah. More, like... Not just because they announced themselves as Mayday Parade at the start. Well, yeah, just everything. Like, they don't get rid of any of their... The only kind of enunciation that they keep is the... Mayday Mayday Parade. Parade. (laughs) I love how we both just kind of went, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, the rest of it, it's not like they're going off book from how they usually do things. They've still, like... It's the same enunciation that is in, like, Jamie All Over that they're using in this, that kind Mm. of thing. Like, yeah. I would have definitely, if I was a few years younger and was was in high school in the 2010s, because I would have still probably, I find, I feel would have gone down the, the musical path that I've gone down. Yeah. It's just like, I guess, pop punk would have been would have been a bit harder to get into in 2010 as opposed to 2002. True. Um, But I definitely would have loved this in high school. I would have, this would have been the song that would have, that would have been like, I would have been hitting repeat on, on my iPod. Yeah. Um, Because it, it, it has that, that feeling of like, it's ever so slightly heavy, but it's also very poppy and very catchy. Yeah. And that was a lot of what I was into when I was 13. Um, but yeah, I definitely would have, definitely would have loved it as a teenager and as a, you know, 20 years on as a 33 year old, I can look at this and go, oh yeah, no, it's still a really good song. And it really, it really encapsulates who they are mm-hmm. while being faithful to the source material. Yeah. I think. The more I listen to Slash Year Mayday Parade, I realise they're definitely one of those bands that if I had caught them in time, I would have been hooked. But it's yeah. just, I just missed them. Yeah. And that's because I was preoccupied with my my Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy and Green Day. Well, like, we, we've talked about, like, we only had so much bandwidth back then, both yeah. literally... Like, both, like, mentally and, like, I can only take in so much. And internet. And literally, we only had, like, three gig of internet a month. Yeah. That we could work with. So you could li- you could only download so much music before you crashed your internet for the month. And I, I could be wrong, but I feel like Mayday Parade did come at the very tail end of my high school career, at least. Yeah, there was... I mean, by the time I was, you know, leaving 
the pop punk scene, like no, like they weren't a band that were yeah. being talked about. Yeah. Um, Which so, is a it's a shame because yeah, I find them very fun. Like yeah, by all accounts, their show over here was sick or shows, plural, yeah. I should say. And Again, it was one of those things where, like, I was sort of thinking, like, oh, maybe we should just go. And then I was just like, eh, didn't really connect with them as a kid. Yeah. But in hindsight, like, it would have been a very fun show. Yeah. According to, once again, friend of the pot, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave it a thumbs up. He did. Or the verbal equivalent, which I'm sure is just a... <laughs> we was... we said, Anthony, how was it? And he said, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Literally. No, I'm not going to say literally because I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Anyway, hell yeah or yeah nah. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah for both. Mm. Definitely. Um, I It's a little slice of the 2010s. Yeah. A little trip back. And and I think I think even like the original holds up. Like it's oh, still... Oh, for sure. It's still in 2022, it's still a very good song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's been in my head. It sure has. 